Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Sanford. We are all together today in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg, and we're glad you're with us. Going to have a great show today. Ashley Brown Davis, former softball player, will be talking about the end of the uh, current softball season for the Lady Eagles. Al Holder will update us on uh, all things minor league baseball and all the Southern Miss kids that are playing professionally. He's got the latest statistics. And we're about to bring on Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. First segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious meats, fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, the best turkey I've ever eaten, and Kelly's favorite, soft-serve ice cream in the restaurant, right, Kelly? Can't take it with you. All you can eat. All you can eat. Now, those are that is music to Kelly's ears, right there. Oh my God! All beautiful you can music. Eat. <laughs> we we thank Dickies for their support and remind you that they will cater any event. All right, we got lots of guests today. Let's go straight down to the Gulf Coast. The professor is on the phone with us, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald. Patrick, just a couple of weeks away from all of us coming down and staying with you during the Conference <laughs> USA baseball tournament. And the good news is, Patrick, we've learned that it's going to be another year of it. So uh, you got us for two years. Uh, scuttlebutt on the Gulf Coast about the extension of the tournament, uh, apparently pretty well received by the community down there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those, you see the first bank is really kind of stepping up, increasing their investment in this year. They're, this is their second year as title sponsor. So uh, I, I think really the long-term, the goal for long-term success is just have more businesses like the first really step up and, and get involved because the cost is kind of increasing by the year. Uh, uh, for sponsorship and other stuff like that, just just making it happen, attracting Conference USA back to Biloxi. And Biloxi really wants it. Uh, there are only so many places across Conference US, USA that really wants this tournament, and MGM Park makes a lot of sense. And I, I just think Conference USA is going to keep coming back to Biloxi as long as they want it down here. Uh, the Conference USA is just asking a, uh, event you know organizers to really kind of pony up a little bit with each year. Uh, but I, there just aren't many other places that are going to be able to uh, hand a check over to Conference USA, and Lord knows they need a little, every penny they can get in Conference USA. But I think everybody's <laughs> excited uh, to see it coming back uh, to Biloxi. It's been well supported here, and, and hopefully the weather is a little bit more, a little bit better this time around. Right, and ideally, an ideal setup for any conference tournament, I think you guys you'll agree, is for it to be at a neutral site. I mean, Southern Miss is considered the home team, but when it comes to a tournament, you know, to have a field it's at a neutral site, it is a neutral site. Right. Patrick, uh, Coach right. Barry said to us Monday that he thought some of the other coaches may be a little unhappy about the about it being played there because they see it as an advantage for Southern Miss. Have you heard anything like that? Well, no. I mean, uh, any coach I talked to uh, that's been in Biloxi really enjoyed the experience. Uh, Wayne Graham, who's retired now, uh, he really liked having it in Biloxi just because uh, they all get their own – you know, it's a lot more – 
There's a lot more hotels available. There are not nicer hotels, and there's more opportunities to practice, you know, whether it's at Gulfport or D'Iberville. Uh, it's just it's able to just hold more teams and more people, and it just makes everybody more comfortable uh, I, compared to maybe smaller towns like Hattiesburg and stuff like that. They have great hotels on the coast, and I think that really kind of is, is, is an upside for coaches and programs, just being able to kind of uh, being able to come in and just be comfortable for a full week. So everybody I've talked to that's come down here has been, has been really upbeat about everything they've seen out of Luxie. Patrick, let's uh, let's talk for a minute about how important it will be for the Eagles to play in that uh, RPI this week. I'm looking at Warren Nolan right now. Southern Miss at 39, FAU at 35, Louisiana Tech at 46, Old Dominion uh, 67. So uh, you know you got four sub 70 teams going in uh, RPI. What do the Eagles? How many do they have to win for everybody to breathe in round one of the Conference USA tournament? Uh, I, I would think Southern Miss would need to come, win at least a couple of games in Biloxi just to just to be comfortable. Because uh, I mean, there was you know uh, just you know a couple of weeks ago, Southern Miss was just on the outside looking in in a lot of projections, and they had the the big series win and it, uh, sweep in Charlotte, and they beat Ole Miss midweek, and then they lose two out of three to FAU, makes their position slightly more precarious. I think both FAU and Southern Miss are safely in at the moment. Southern Miss just can't afford to really kind of fall apart here in the last two weeks of the. Uh, regular season and then maybe kind of a short stint in the conference tournament. So Southern Miss really does need to play well these next two weeks. So uh, Southern Miss needs to kind of take care of business these last two weeks and win a couple of games in the conference tournament. Then they're then they're possibly looking at a two seat as the regular season champs and a good showing in the conference tournament. Yeah, yesterday D one baseball Kendall Rogers has Southern Miss as a two uh, in Oxford. What it, I mean, I don't want to play hypotheticals, but at the same time, do the Eagles have to to, to get to that scenario where we can win one or two games in the tournament, you know, to uh, to breathe fine in the tournament? Do they got to win both series? I mean, you have to win this weekend and next weekend. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think if they lose either of the final two series, uh, those are not great RPI teams. That would set Southerners back. Uh, then they probably be looking at a three seed. Uh, possibility go, as possibly going into the conference tournament. So Southern Miss has to play well. I mean, it, if things go south, you know, they could be left out altogether. But right now they're safely in. Uh, you know, UAB and Rice are just not great RPI teams. And uh, either one of those would be a tough one, especially if they say lost the series UAB in Hattiesburg. But I would expect Rice is a tricky one. I would expect them to, you know, to handle UAB in Hattiesburg. Now, Patrick, one of the uh, complaints of the, of this Southern Miss team this year is their, their inconsistency, particularly mm-hmm. at the plate, how they just haven't been able to consistently score runs. You got to see a Southern Miss signee play earlier this week, Billy Garrity, at Summerall right. High School. We're getting huge thunderstorms overhead here in Hattiesburg. But you got to see <laughs> Billy Garrity for Summerall hit a monster Home run, all hypothetical because you're not the coach. But where would you see Garrity, you know, fitting into a Southern Miss lineup when he gets in there? Uh, just talking to Larry Knight, I think the I think first base is probably going to be the position. He's not super. He's what six feet tall. He's not six two, six three. So maybe he's not your ideal first baseman. But uh, he's played a lot of different positions in high school. He's a good athlete, so it makes it, first base is a position that he would probably feel comfortable at, where there's not as much pressure on him defensively. Uh, but he's a left-handed bat. You put him at first base. I think I think that would probably be his ideal ideal role. At right, you know, he could possibly play at you know right field. I think Billy's even mentioned the possibility of playing third base. But when you think about it, uh, first base is probably his most likely position, especially if he can just show that kind of power. I mean, that was a bomb 
Uh, he's got a lot of potential in that area, and, and uh, once he gets to the college level, gets into that weight program, he's only going to get more uh, power in that bat. So I think Garrity's got a lot of – uh, got, got a chance to be a very good college baseball player. I got to see that same game that Summerall played St. Stanislaus. Would I, and you saw it, Patrick, so I'll get your, right. your view. Would I be exaggerating and saying that he hit that one probably 420 or 430? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was it's so hard to tell in the high school ballpark. I would put it around 390 okay. uh, to 400, something like that. I think 420 might be a bit it, – it's just so in that St. Stanislaus park kind of drops off after you get over the – fence there so it's just tough when the gauge but i put around 390 which is a heck of a shot uh just down the right field line you know i talked to his parents they said it was 510 garrity said that's how tall he is garrity garrity said i'm not usually one to pimp a home run he said but i watched that one for a minute (laughs) it was pretty nice all right patrick only a minute or so left so very quickly rice the series concerns me i don't think that's going to be easy for the golden eagles to go down there and beat rice three games yeah, well, I mean, it's that's this is the series that everybody kind of points to every year. And Rice is down, and they have been in recent years. But anytime Rice plays host to Southern Miss, they're going to be up for it. Southern Miss is going to be up for it, but Southern Miss is going to be on the road. Uh, so this just makes it that much tougher. And I think Rice has played decent ball up here of late. So I would expect Rice to put a scare in Southern Miss. I think Southern Miss is at the very least has got to win ball games. If you get two, I think you put yourself in a great position going into the final week of the regular season. Okay, and real quickly. Any news on the new TV contract for Conference USA in football, Patrick? Uh, no, I mean, it, uh, everything I understand is that you, we just kind of look back to that, uh, uh, what they agreed to. I guess it was a little over a year ago, year, two years ago. So no, no news from my side. Okay. All right, but is it raining down there, Patrick, like it is here? It is storming in Hattiesburg. I think it's supposed to get here a little bit later. I think they're talking about maybe moving in around 6 or 7. I, I think it's going to be tough for them to play baseball down here. I got St. Martin and Biloxi tonight, but... It may be tough to get in. Always a little disconcerting when you can feel and hear the lightning in your headsets, <laughs> isn't it, guys? Well, and you're dealing with electricity here inside and, you know, uh, all that all that kind of stuff. So Right. All right, Patrick, stay dry down there, buddy. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, y'all stay safe. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, the professor, who, guys, has been on this show since the first week it went on the air. Every single week, Patrick has been on the show. We appreciate him, Bert. And I respect the fact that he's not afraid to tackle tough issues. No. And he's not afraid to say, hey, things are not perfect here, you know. There are not a lot of Patricks left. I mean, there are not a lot of full-time sports reporters in print media left. We can talk about this fourth segment, but you you look at what just happened with the Times-Picayune. It's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. It's like the dinosaurs. It's going extinct. All right. Al Holder is anything but extinct, although if you looked at him, you might think. He'll be next on the Eagle Hour. Welcome back, everybody. The whole crew from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Rainy, stormy Hattiesburg, we should say. If you're here in South Mississippi or Central Mississippi, drive carefully because we understand 
uh, the weather through much of the state right now is bad. Uh, this uh, segment of the show sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. No matter where you live on the planet, you can uh, choose from the biggest selection of Southern Miss swag anywhere by going to CampusBookmart.net. If you're in town, you should just go by and see them on Hardy Street. Tell them you heard about them on the Eagle Hour and tell them that we said thanks for their support. I want to thank uh, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald for joining us uh, in the first segment. A little later in the show, Ashley Brown-Davis, a former softball player, uh, will be on the show as well. But right now, we go back up to the Jackson area where our unofficial official minor league baseball correspondent, Al Holder, is on the phone. Uh, Alan, how are you this afternoon? Wet. Wet? Is it raining up there? Uh, yeah, it's not. We have a torrential rain, yeah. Yeah, same here. It just yeah. hit here, unfortunately, though. All right, Al, we appreciate you coming on and uh, keeping up to date with us. Uh, and uh, you're our guy we go to to kind of tell us how the former kids that played here are doing in professional baseball. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, uh, before we get going to the minor leagues, uh, I thought it was interesting. Brian Dozier's just been struggling uh, a bunch, but – Last night he was three for four and uh, uh, pulled his uh, batting average up to 196. So mm-hmm. I hope he's uh, going to get hot here for the summertime. Yeah, good for him. Good, nice yeah. guy. Too. Actually, that that whole Nationals team has been struggling. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. question. Yeah. 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 yeah, no question. Yeah. Okay, Al, let's uh, let's start with uh, with everybody's hero, of course, and that would be uh, Nick Sandlin. How how is he doing? Well, uh, I had. Uh, Last night he was uh, in a 4-3 win. He pitched two innings, gave up one hit, uh, four strikeouts, and uh, ZRA is down to 123. So I think uh, uh, he is proving his uh, mettle. And and, and I have uh, thought all along that uh, sometime this summer he's going to be called up. And uh, I just I, I think it's uh, in the cards that he's going to he's going to make a. Mm-hmm. His major league debut sometime this summer. Actually, if and, you if you talk to some officials with the Cleveland Indians organization, the term they use is fast track, mm-hmm. and they've yes. they've used that term with Sandlin that, that he's on yeah, the fast track. That'd be pretty remarkable to the it? big Your club. Second year that you you go up to the big club, which can only mean one thing, Bob. We need to get to know him a lot better very quickly. Yeah, you're not <laughs> kidding. All that all that advice I gave him for three years, <laughs> you right. can repay turn, a little bit. Turned 22 in January, so yeah, imagine the things on. you were doing at 22. Don't forgive me, Al. All right, Al. Who else we got? Think of all the the coaching we did for that kid. Oh, yeah. there's yeah. no telling how many coaching moves we've made up in the. God, if you, if you had to put years. it into a dollar and cents figure, I don't know. We, we really did try to get his dad on the show a couple times when we were live at the park and anytime Nick was pitching Mr. John was like no I am not coming on your show and talking no, about my son all right well I want to ask you about one a kid that we all like here a great deal and Kelly knows him very well as Kirk McCarty how's how's he doing Al well uh you know I, I was really struggling to find some 2019 stats on him he wasn't on the roster at Lynchburg which is where he finished last year but I think I have uh, found out that he is an extended spring uh training but I also noticed that he is a uh, top ten left-handed starting pitcher prospect for Cleveland. Really? Yeah, so actually, I that, actually I Kirk, that. Kirk tore a latissimus uh, muscle, muscle uh, uh-huh. just just very very early in spring training. So it's probably going to be, you know, It'll be early June yeah. before we see him. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. just a, yeah. When, what they do is when they get injured that way, like Al said, they get into an extended 
spring to get their arm ready for the rigors of the season, and so that's what he's still ironing out that time that he missed. And it's really going to be it's it's really going to be tough for Kirk because he's never, for all practical purposes, at the college level, anyways, it was never really hurt at all. You know, which right. which certainly increased his his uh, draft stake. Mm-hmm. So now he's having to deal with something that he's really not that he's not up to it. He certainly is, but but it's just. Worth noting that that's something he's going to have to deal with Kirk now. That McCarty he, can talk that muscle into healing itself. He will. He will. He will charm it. He will charm the muscle into submission, won't he? Yeah. He, he is a tough, tough cookie. No question. No question. All right. Now here's one of my favorite. I think one of the great baseball players that ever played here was Dylan Bordeaux. I don't think anybody would really argue with that. He's a kid that I expected to see make a lot of progress in professional baseball. How does he appear to be doing? I can't find any 2019 stats on him. The, the last I saw of him was Lakeland last year, Detroit A advance. I just I can't find anything else right now. Hmm. I'm going to keep looking. Actually, I'm a Tiger fan. You can't find stats of any Tiger. <laughs> you, you well, to... I, I'm an old Tiger fan. I, I, I lived up there in, in 68 and, and watched him go to the World Series. That was a great year. And before they even register statistics, you have to do something, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> make, were, make matters worse, uh, Al, he's also a Cincinnati Bengal fan. So, I mean, he just oh, loses that, in every sport. But How, it, how it, low can us. you go? <laughs> the, 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 hey, but you know, somebody I watched last year uh, a little bit because it caught my eye was Hayden Roberts. He was out, he's a Rocky in the A Rockies mm-hmm. at Asheville. And his ERA last year in 21 games was 1.85, but this year it's uh, back up to 3.5. So in 18 innings, so I don't know, you know, what, what's going on with him. But I just had an eye on him because of that ERA last year. Al, Luke I was Reynolds at, is. Go ahead. I was actually going to ask you about Hayden Roberts. We were talking yesterday about the 17 team, and a lot of people forget he stepped up and he was the Saturday starter. I mean, it was a legitimate. Nope three to four starters you had on that team and it's been a little different from this year Hayden's Hayden's one of those guys I know you're going to talk about Luke before you get to Luke can you can you tell us about Taylor Braley because he's been starting down for Jupiter also yeah he, he is uh, he, uh, has a 1.5 ERA in 21 in 24 innings with Miami uh, the Jupiter ha- hammerheads of Miami uh, that's a advanced and so it looks like he's throwing the ball pretty well that's good, good? that's good yeah. and Luke Reynolds you were going to tell us about him yeah, Luke uh, is uh, he's with Myrtle Beach, the Pelicans. Uh, he's the Cubs A advanced. He's betting two twenty and twenty four games, one home run and eight RBIs. He's going to have to pick it up uh, in that league at A advanced to mm-hmm. to move up. Yeah, it's uh, interesting when you talk about all these guys that get drafted. Let's let's talk about Braley again for just a second. The fact that that it was fortunate that he got drafted by the team he got drafted by, because with all due respect, the Marlins stink. <laughs> they are terrible, okay? So if you want to play pro ball, it's true. I mean, yeah, I mean if you want to play pro ball, you want to get drafted by the team that stinks. Yeah. Because yeah. your opportunity will probably come sooner rather than later, yeah. yes? Yeah, and, no and question. That they're no just question. not very good. A guy that that we forget about, Al, Chucky uh, Robinson, he's double A right now, um, great catcher, you know, uh, caught that that tag made the play, play at the plate against Rice. What's Chucky doing? Yeah. He's uh, he's, two, he's he's with Corpus Christi. They call the Hooks Astros Double A. He's currently batting two hundred three, twenty three games. He's had seventy nine at bats. But the interesting thing is that the A's thought of, uh, the uh, Astros thought enough of him to uh, to take him to their spring training. So I think they they've got their eye on him. Uh, I I always like Chucky. He, he, he 
had a lot of issues with curveballs, but uh, that's one of the things you do in uh, minor league uh, baseball is you learn how to hit a whole lot of pitchers and so. But I think they've got their eye on him. That's that. That would be my opinion. Well, that's good. So overall, there really there are quite a number of kids from the Southern Miss program that are holding their own. Is is that not a correct assumption? Yeah, I, I, I would say that's true. Some of them have an opportunity. Uh, one uh, Cody Carroll, uh, I can't find any stats. I you know he's been up uh, with the Orioles and then back down again. Uh, Scott Copeland uh, is uh, with the Nets now. He was traded from the Nets uh, to the Nets. He's with their Triple A club. But his ERA is six point five one in twenty seven innings. Hmm. Are we allowed to talk at all about prospects? Sure, I'm, we're, we're pretty much free to do anything we want to here, Al. There's a kid <laughs> uh, at Meridian. His name is he's a catcher, Case Gardner. And the reason I'm paying attention to this kid is because we're looking for catchers. I'm sure. Uh, and uh, th- this kid's batting three hundred two in forty games, has fifteen home runs. 15 home runs, and uh, he's 6'1", 195, and he's played over at Northwest Rankin and uh, has a really good background. I, I'd really like to see, uh, hopefully, that some people at uh, – and we have a pipeline to that school, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping we have our eye on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Walner, you know, is uh, Matt's brother. He's pitching over there at Meridian right now. A lot of right. people don't know that. Right, yeah. uh, two kids from Minnesota. It's odd, isn't it? Yeah, huh. yeah. and, and yeah. right, and right in besides Meridian, right in Southern Miss's backyard, you got Jones, who is ranked what sixth in the country right. in the in right. junior college Pearl Up River. Four this week, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Pearl River is is crazy good with uh, um, Coach Avalon down there. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great junior college baseball in the right. MAC. No question. You put a tank of gas and you can go recruit a ball club. Right. Yeah, just uh, to, just it, to put it out there, Al Cody Carroll's actually on the uh, seven day DL. He's with the Norfolk right? Tides, yeah, with Baltimore. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Al. Well, we want you to know how much we appreciate your research. Uh, the check is in the mail, and uh, it should. But the rain could delay it. I want to just warn you about that. Of course, at Al's age, be about the size of the last. One. Right, right, right. And at Al's age, what else is there to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you much, Al. Thanks, Bob. All right, Al Holder, everybody, the one and only on the Eagle Hour. (laughs) We'll be right back. Ashley Brown Davis up next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a rainy Thursday in the state of Mississippi, it's the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios all together here in Hattiesburg. Greatly appreciate uh, Al Holder and uh, Patrick McGee for joining us in our first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in 
Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Kelly Center, a familiar regular there. How much are the, the plate lunches again? Eight ninety five with a drink. Okay. Entrees? Different things. Every I think today it's pork chops. The grilled pork chops. Yes. And a very thick cut of pork chops. You get your money's worth. Mm. And it's worth it again just to go see Casey Fisher's facial expression on the 1987 I would buy. Poster. I would pay for that poster to have it. Although it's fading. The color of that poster is starting to fade <laughs> as the years go on. So uh, make sure you see it soon. Right. Lady Eagles yesterday fall in the first round of the Conference USA tournament. We're leading 2 to nothing. Gave up uh, some... Runs late, uh, UTSA scores two in the top of the seventh inning, and Lady Eagles uh, fall 4-2. to two. They end the season 30-22. and 22. We should mention Lady Eagles had not uh, won 30 games in a season uh, except in 2016-2010, so really good season. And, and really the difference was uh, the pitching this year with Abby Treha, the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year. Uh, but we wanted to, to talk some softball again today. And joining us now, it's really, it's really great when we have former athletes. But when we have former athletes that are in the upper echelon uh, of, of their respective sport, and today joining us, Ashley Davis-Brown, one of the greatest hitters in Southern Miss history uh, on the softball diamond, and she joins us now. Ashley, thanks so much for coming on. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Thanks for uh, joining us. And You are from Chesapeake City, Maryland, and so when we talk Southern Miss softball, uh, the 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 greatest one of the greatest hitters of all time. You lead it at bats. You're second in doubles, uh, home runs. You're in the top ten. One of the greatest Golden Eagles to ever play is from Chesapeake City, Maryland. How in the world did you get to Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Um, I think it's you know just part of the process of recruiting. I, um, when I was in uh, high school, we uh, created a you know a um, a tape of our different skills, and then we send it out to the different schools. And then you know if they're interested, they contact you. And and um, Southern Miss contacted me. They they flew out to one of um, my practices, and and then it led from there. It's pretty amazing. We, we we hear about different stories and and uh, you know how different athletes end up in Hattiesburg. What was your experience like, two thousand three to two thousand six? You know, being in the Deep South, uh, having having been from Maryland, uh, what was your experience like at Southern Miss? Um, it was hot. <laughs> 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 that was like the, the first thing that I uh, remember um, was how hot it was compared to Maryland, um, but. I mean, I adjusted, and the people down there were so um, friendly. Um, I felt like when I would go to the grocery store or just even on campus, um, everybody just, you know, wanted to have a conversation, um, which is a little bit different from from where I'm from. I feel like uh, people are in a hurry. You know, you, you talk to coaches a lot of time at the collegiate level, and they'll say kids who have come from a distance like you did, Ashley, that the biggest problem the coaches have is helping the athlete get through homesickness. That homesickness is a very real thing. You know, coming that far away as a freshman, did you experience any of that, and how did you get through it, if you did? I definitely um, got homesick. I think that's uh, pretty normal, um, like you're saying. Um, and it, when I would call my parents, they, it was kind of tough love. Like, you made this decision. You're going to um, get through it. And... And then, and then at the end, they were right. Um, it definitely uh, 
made me stronger and I got through it and I have no regrets. We, uh, we look at what you did. I mean, the homesickness didn't last that long, Ashley. You came in as a freshman. You played in 53 games. You started 44, all Conference USA as a freshman. How did that feel to contribute to a Division One softball team, you know, immediately and be one of the best freshmen in the league your freshman year? Well, um, in reality, um, I was really surprised at the end of the season when I uh, got, received the re- reward. I definitely wasn't expecting it. Um, I think when you're a player and you're kind of, you know, living through the season, a lot of times you're not really keeping track of, you know, your personal accomplishments. Um, So I was surprised. You went on and uh, just really tore it up after there. You were uh, all-conference, you'll say, multiple times. One of the things that uh, – you must have batted pretty high in the lineup because you lead all-time in at-bats. What, what what position uh, spot in the lineup were you? I think that kind of, you know, shifted, depending on, um, you know, if you're hot during that time. or um, But it was usually between, you know, the three to five position. Ashley, back when when you played, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like back when you played, and it's not like prehistoric times by any means, but it seemed like more of the scores back then were two to one, you know, one to nothing, uh, maybe three to two. But now the rule generally more than the exception is you see a lot of runs being scored now at the collegiate level in softball compared to then. Is that a fair assessment? And if so, what do you make of it? Um... Well, if it's happening, then it's probably a fair assessment. Um, I really don't know, you know, um, what has changed um, for that to be happening. But it, it um, seems like, maybe it's you know technology. Maybe guys can see, you know, how they're swinging. They can follow it a little better, make adjustments. The bunt was more of an offensive weapon back then. The bunt back then, yeah. seemingly yeah. now, they don't bunt near as much as they used to. Right. And do you do you stay on top of softball? Do you get to coach softball at the youth level or anything? You're still active in the game at all? And if so, how? So um, I'm more involved in baseball. I have uh, three sons. They're they're young. They're six and four, and I have a two year old this week. Um, but my oldest is in coach pitch, and my middle child's in t-ball. So um, I mean, life get you know gets uh, busy. So I um, between you know my college career to now um, sports and stuff has been put to the side but it's amazing um, now that my children you know like baseball and how much everything like the terminology and everything comes back to you so quickly right Ashley just a couple more questions Uh, what would you say because softball is so huge uh, in, in Mississippi it's huge really all over the country and you know, there's parents that listen to our show, and and possibly they have a uh, an upcoming softball player. What what advice would you give um, to not just parents, um, but to the actual you know high school, junior high softball players that are looking you know to continue their softball career? Um, I think the biggest uh, advice that I could give is that you know enjoy it. Um, you know all the sacrifices and everything that you're making. Um, that you know you're not going to have any regrets. This this time of your life goes by so fast. Um, I mean, I just think of me, and it's been over 10 years, and I look back like, oh, it's such a short time of my life, but it's such an exciting, and um, just to give everything that they have, and um, 
and that things will work out. Where are you uh, now? You told us about your kids, but where are you now, and, and what all are you doing now? Our, our listeners love to hear what you guys are up to post-career. Well, I am back in my hometown. Um, been happily married for eight years, or coming up on eight years. I have three boys. Um, they keep me busy. Um, <laughs> and I uh, currently work for, um, I do cost analysis for the t- Department of Defense. Um, I work for an acquisition uh, organization within the Army. Got to know, because um, one of our co-hosts is a massive Redskins fan. Are you Redskins of or Ravens? Of course she up there? is. She's a Redskins fan, right, Ashley? <laughs> well, I'm actually more of a Ravens Philadelphia fan. Oh! oh! <laughs> Gee, it's been nice talking to you, Ashley. <laughs> Where has the time gone? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, hey, I'm a Saints fan. I give him I give him mess too. Ashley, you're one of the greatest to ever put on the black and gold in a softball uniform. Great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking time to talk to us on the Eagle Hour today. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ashley. That's uh, Ashley Davis. And, and when you look at it, doubles, home runs, at-bats, uh, a career in putouts too, first, being a first baseman. Right. But – I just love it when you not only be able to talk to these former athletes, but some of the best at their position and at their, in their sport. How could she be a Philadelphia Eagles fan living in Maryland? She uh, knows oh. quality. How could anyone uh, be she, a Philadelphia when Eagles when she sees fan? It. You know, she's hanging out in a very small town. Yeah. yeah. Who, who in the world could be a Philadelphia Eagles fan? But, you know, but being being a first baseman, she, she had to be able to hit. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, at, even at, at college baseball, you get certain guys at certain positions, and they better be able to do something. And your first baseman, who generally aren't very mobile, they better be able to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. I love it. Bob's getting trolled by former student athletes. I love it. I love it. Eagle Hour continues right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Ashley Davis Brown for joining us in that previous segment. One of the greatest ever to play softball for Southern Miss. And considering she's an Eagle fan, it'll be the last time she'll be <laughs> she'll ever be on the show, yes. So. Just some people. Some people actually cheer for recent success, Bob. That's right. probably the best way Coming to say it. Coming from a Saints fan. Ouch. Hey, we were robbed. That's interference. It uh, is. No, no one. Hey, you saw... You, you saw this past weekend, it was probably one of the greatest tweets in the last several months. There's an emoji that is like a smiley face with a magnifying glass. After the debacle at the Kentucky Derby, the New Orleans Saints tweet out one emoji 
with the eye magnifying glass looking at it. It was yeah. perfect. What did you see at the, uh, I guess it's the Jazz Festival? Jimmy Buffett played at the Jazz Festival, and he came on the stage dressed as an official, a blind official being led on the stage by two women, and he had the walking cane that's, and all. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Fourth segment of Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, and we welcome Gulfport Home Center to the Eagle Hour and appreciate their sponsorship. As we told you, uh, Lady Eagles softball ends uh, the season uh, 30 and 22 overall with a 4 to 2 defeat yesterday in the first round of the Conference USA tournament. Uh, we'll bring you some updates tomorrow uh, from track and field as they start the outdoor championships today. Hopefully, it's all in the clear up there, but saw John Ellis tweeting out today, and you can uh, go on, on Twitter, follow uh, John Ellis and, and uh, Coach Stewart and the, the track and field uh, Twitter account to bring you the, the latest updates. We'll be tomorrow, Bob. At Ramey Motors in Purvis. Looking forward to that. Uh, great guys down there. Great inventory of well, we've said it all week, but four-wheelers and two-wheelers and trucks and cars and lawnmower equipment. What about bass boats? Bass boats. The way it's raining out here today. Yeah, you got them. So we look forward to being down there. Yeah, you, you're not allowed in the building if you're a male and you don't have a man card because you know, it, it's just – it's where you go to feel manly. You were talking about the track and field team, Lugan. Hattiesburg High School here locally, you know, won the state uh, track championship again this year, second year in a row. And uh, one of the athletes um, from Hattiesburg High just committed to track and field uh, to, to Southern Miss. Right. And I asked him if John Ellis recruited him. He said, oh, no. He said, I got Coach Stewart recruited yeah. me. Uh, right. That thing's <laughs> starting to mean something. Yeah, because I because you you generally yeah. assume that the assistant coaches do the recruiting, but he yeah. said, "Oh no, Coach Stewart recruited they're gonna, me." Uh, they're going to make some noise at the outdoor. Had a uh, guys had a uh, listener text us uh, during the break asking us, and I mentioned it earlier in in the show uh, about the Times Picayune. Uh, we were living in New Orleans when the Saints won the Super Bowl, and I can remember going the next morning to try to get a paper. And there was a line like wrapped around the Times-Picayune. And where we lived in Uptown, I found uh, a Times-Picayune box on Magazine Street that had a couple left in there. I grabbed both of them, still have them to this day. But 182 years, uh, just this past, uh, in, in the last week or so, NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune been sold uh, to the New Orleans Advocate, which is a newspaper actually based out of uh, Baton Rouge. And... You know, the Times struggled. I think they were around 250,000 subscriptions before Katrina. It got down to 83,000. They tried uh, to do, you know, a three days a week. Some people canceled. And, you know, it was it's just really been tough times. Uh, 65 journalists learned this last week that they are out of jobs. And the advocate says, you know, they're going to continue to have that, you know, the Times speaking on a newspaper. But the Times speaking, as we know it, um, no more. And that is that is a icon, especially in the South, that, that is, is no more. It's like the Clarion Ledger. I, I remember for many years, man, Sunday morning, traditionally, you went out. First thing you did is walked outside of your house to get the Sunday morning paper and sit down with a cup of coffee and read about all the games that had taken place Saturday. <coughs> Not anymore. And from a critical news standpoint, this is why what Luke was just talking about is so important, was the freedom of the press. When our founding fathers talked about the freedom of the press, we have to have somebody hold our elected officials accountable, present both sides of a story, and truly then let you decide. Now it seems to be you have to be of opinion A or opinion B. If you don't have anybody calling it right down the middle, 
you're going to be forced to put into one of those categories. And if you don't have a free and independent press, what you're going to get is government propaganda. It doesn't matter whether it's here or anywhere else. Somebody, somebody's going to be disseminating information, and they're only going to tell you what they want you to hear. Well, you see that now on both sides. Yes. You don't get any objective, fair, down-the-middle news reporting. It's practically non-existent. And so just because people see it on Twitter, just because right. they see it on MyFace or what, what, Facebook or whatever. Yeah. You're you, thinking of MySpace, which is actually uh, still a thing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but not, not, for, not for – but, you know, you, you talk about around here, we've all been tiffed um, at – two big newspapers in our area you know with speaking of the the clarin ledgers don't cover southern miss right you know the hattiesburg american doesn't cover southern miss no so, in, fact, in fact debbie bauer uh, jeff bauer's wife you know, she had she had a series of tweets last week said what has happened why doesn't the hattiesburg and that coach bauer according to debbie had called the american on two or three different occasions wanting an explanation just an explanation i called the clarin ledger and i asked that question but time speaking 182 years Practically no more. Tough. Time change. That's an industry that we're seeing go by the wayside. Fair to say? Uh, unfortunately. And we'll, we will all pay the price for it eventually, right. I think. Eagle Hour at Ramey Motors in Purvis tomorrow. We hope you'll stop by and say hello. We look forward to being down there with those guys. One o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.